0: Live from Naples, this is The Morning Break with Jane Ritter.
1: Morning, everyone from a very rainy and wet Naples. This morning, I will be speaking to Peter J. Fulliger about writing, editing, DEI, disability, neurodiversity, mental health. Peter, who has the Strapline, principled, just and fresh content.
0: Live from Naples, this is The Morning Break with Jay Ritter on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio.
1: I never quite get it in. I do practise from time to time. Oops. It's not off to a great tech start, Um, but as you may know, today is the 30th of March, National Doctors' Day, National Pencil Day, National Take a Walk in the Park Day and National I Am In Control Day. I have my guest here this morning. I am super excited to be talking to him. We are going on an adventure um, to listen to him, his story, and also the current work that he is doing, making a huge difference in the ELT world. Peter, good morning. Are you there?
2: Hello, can you hear me?
1: I can hear you loud and clear. Wonderful. This
2: is fantastic. I'm so glad I can relax now.
1: Oh, good <laughs> It is National I Am In Control Day, so
2: <laughs> that well, may I,
1: help us, or... Um...
2: I, feel, I feel kind of half in control, um, but I didn't realise that it was National Pencil Day. <laughs> no. <Okay>. Um... <laughs>
1: there is a, you do wonder where these celebrations take place, but...
2: Um... <laughs> exactly. I'm going to probably have a, a celebration of my own a little bit later. Um, I think, although I have already been for a walk in the park.
1: I thought that. You enjoy your walks. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: <laughs> I do. It's, um, I never thought I would be a walker. Um, probably like many people, I've tried exercise in the past and I've, to be really honest, I've hated it. Um going to the gym is, is not my idea of fun, um, although I'm sure it is for many people. It's just not for me. Mm. Um, and some, I, I kind of saw something about Nordic walking, you know, with the two poles. Mm. And I thought, well, OK, that looks interesting. And that was like something I can do. Um, so I went on a, a little morning training with uh, an instructor and I loved it. Uh, So, and now for about six months, I've been going for walks almost every day. Um, uh, I go out with my little um, phone, taking pictures of various things, and it kind of sets up the day for me. So I've already been out for about six kilometres this morning.
1: Brilliant. So you think in kilometres? That's interesting.
2: Well, <laughs> that's how my, my my lovely tech does it. Um, <laughs> and whenever I talk to my mother, she I have to kind kind of think in miles. So <laughs> I get quite
1: confused quite easily. A question, Peter. The polls, mm. What? Why? Why do they have them? I mean, um, well, I'm not... that's yeah.
2: Um, It was one of my questions when I first started as well. I think, well, for me, they seem to make it easier. And it's also about working the upper body as well. Okay. So, As well as, because you kind of push down, but push down backwards to kind of propel yourself forwards. Um, And yeah,
1: it means I can walk a little bit faster and, and not get so out of breath. Okay. I also think maybe it's sort of a confidence or a security.
2: Um, Absolutely.
1: Yes. Well, thank you for that nice introduction to Nordic. Nordic Very Nordic. welcome. <laughs> I suggest
2: everyone try it.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I could find a, an instructor here in Naples. It would be nice. Um, mm. But we have, we're quite we're hilly. We have a lot of, I have a lot of stairs around me, so I don't actually need a, a gym. Um, yes. Oh no. Nice. a very steep hill and it's it's literally up and down stairs most of the time to get <laughs> anywhere. Um me, the dogs are getting a bit worked up. Oh dear. <laughs> no, that thankfully the cat, <laughs> the cat has
2: been fed, thankfully, and he's gone for a sleep on the bed, so I should be alright.
1: Wonderful. Let's get on to let's get on to ELT because Super. as I as I said in my introduction, you are making waves, you are helping with change uh, through your blogging. Um, mm-hmm. Just tell us a little bit about your ELT journey where you started.
2: Mm. Um, yes well I know um, people might know that the kind of name of our little episode is an unexpected journey and it's kind of I feel where I am at the moment is, is quite unexpected and something that I wasn't necessarily planning Um, so I think like a lot of people I started off by thinking oh yes ELT is just going to help me see the world it's going to um, make me travel different places and just that lovely phrase broaden my horizons Um, and so after university uh, quite some years ago, now <laughs> um, we don't need to go into details. No, no, that's fine. But it's about twenty-two years ago. <laughs> um, I, I, I was working in a bank, and it wasn't very exciting. Although I was working at the foreign exchange, hmm. um, so that was fun, and I was kind of getting ideas of where to go through the money I was handling. And my cousin um, actually had been to Japan to teach and she suggested that i should look into that so off i went and i got um a position working in tokyo um all 21 years ago now Mm. and um if there are listeners who've worked in japan um they might know of nova um it was quite a big company back in the day um and had uh, schools all over um, Tokyo mm. and I was there for um, a couple of years um, in total I was in Japan for about two and a half years and within that time I'd come back to the UK and I'd done a PGCE in TESOL mm-hmm. um, because while I was out there teaching I thought okay would well, there's something more to just conversation um, with uh, Japanese students um there's much more of a can be challenging at
1: times too, can't it? <laughs> it
2: can be, it can be. Um, I do I do remember there was one um Japanese student, uh it was a one-to-one class, and she always brought in um her, her Kermit. Um and mm. yes, um she had a Kermit the Frog bag. <laughs> and I had to um, also teach to the bag um, because <laughs> I know it so- it does sound um, d- different, um, but yeah, I had to give Kermit uh, homework,
1: right?
2: Um, which he never completed. I have to say. So, um, but yeah, they were certainly very interesting characters, and I felt that it wasn't just a uh, an off the hand uh, a travelling job um and so yeah I did some more um training I did some work Harry's Harry's
1: uh, just added that frogs are notoriously lazy
2: (laughs) well very true um very true um yeah and to distract you there no that's quite all right I mean it it wasn't just one bag frog um because she also (laughs) brought in um, a hat Um, a kermit hat and also a kermit toy as well um so yeah i kind of almost had a whole family to (laughs) to teach to Uh. (laughs) i can't believe i've said that on
1: on live radio
2: i know i know but there you are Um,
1: sylvina's Sylvina's just
2: arrived she says oh hi sylvina i'm going to be mentioning you later (laughs) like to join us and oh that would be lovely yes so i did um my pgc in tsol um i did some work in um Russia, which I'm going to gloss over very quickly. (laughs) Um, I also did some short work in uh, Poland. um, Yes, I believe that was a very brief,
1: um, a very brief.
2: (laughs) It it was, it was, it was um, a week and a half. Um, (laughs) And yeah, so whenever you go to uh, a new job, um, just check everything before you go is, is my advice there. Um, And then I started working in London um, for a couple of language schools in London, and I did my Delta. Mm -hmm. Um, Strangely, I never did my Celta. Um, It seems that they liked the PGCE, so I went straight to the Delta.
1: Do you think it's a a reasonable substitute? Um, I
2: I think they're really quite different. Mm -hmm. With um, the PGCE, there's uh, a lot of focus, or there was anyway, a lot of focus on classroom management um, and um, dealing with behaviour. Whereas Mm -hmm. with the Delta, I think it was more about um, the actual subject itself. So um, I kind of got the best of both worlds, really, (laughs) I think.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, So I was quite lucky.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, And then I ended up working um, in a Uh, (laughs) further education college where I became head of department um, teaching lots of IELTS um, lots of EAP uh, and then suddenly we all got made redundant Mm. Um, um, this was back in 2017 and the school was closing it was going to be rebranded as something different Um, and yeah we all got made redundant And I was thinking, okay, well, what am I going to do now? Um, There'd been, around the same time, there'd been a really close family bereavement, um, which was awful timing, Um, but it kind of gave me the impetus to move forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought, okay, um, I'm kind of, I have had 17 years of teaching, I thought maybe it's time to try something new. So I started training um, to be an editor. Um, Then I managed to get some voluntary work for a a small indie publisher uh, called Aurora Metro. I have to mention them because um, they were kind of
1: instrumental in my
2: confidence, I think. Um,
1: And And lucky to find after going through such a sudden and... Um, I think um, I'm sure there are a lot of listeners. I know some some people are going through it now. Mm. Um, It Mm. is a very um, very strange kind of. You question a lot of things and having to make a a sudden career change when things Mm. seem to be ticking along nicely. It's not. um, It's not a good good
2: time. No. No, and it can be extremely stressful. Um, and I think if there is anyone going through that, I'd probably say there is there are no right answers.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you've just got to take time, is the, the biggest thing. Uh, take time to figure out exactly what you want to do um, and things will work out in the end. Um, and that seems to be what's happened here. <laughs> well yes I mean at the moment you are
1: um (laughs) you're everywhere (laughs) I
2: am I do apologize
1: Uh, (laughs) no I've got you at the right
3: time
2: (laughs) I know I don't quite know what's happening but um here we are um so yes while I was working for the, the publisher I managed to get in contact with some ELT publishers and do some writing work for them I originally thought that's exactly what I wanted to be, a writer. Mm. And I did some exam preparation books, uh, which I was flabbergasted about. I'd never thought in any way, shape or form that I would have books out with my name on. Um, And then that kind of snowballed. And then I got some editing work. And I've been kind of working full stop freelance now for four years
1: Brilliant.
2: Um, and it doesn't seem to be stopping, which is really good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> which, what do you prefer, the writing or the editing?
2: Oh, I like, <laughs> well, a few months ago I would have said editing. But, and I, because I, I think a lot of the writing that I have done before has been really rather prescriptive. Mm. Um, and I've had a lot of parameters that I've had to follow. Whereas with my materials that I'm starting to build up now, I have the freedom to kind of write what I want. And so now it's I've got a balance where I think, okay, I do love writing, but I love writing what I want to write. Mm.
3: Um,
2: I, want, I want to write, um, as in my tagline, which is incredible, Principled, just and fresh, um, <laughs> and PJF, it's I, brilliant. <laughs> I, I have to get that in there. Um, we'll,
1: we'll get it in again. Don't worry. <laughs> uh,
2: excellent, excellent. And so, having that freedom to write principle just, and fresh content, um, I find really liberating. Um, and trying to demonstrate that diverse materials doesn't have to be or they don't have to be um, they don't have to be particularly focused on an aspect of representation Mm -hmm. because people just are they they be. <laughs> I know, which is yes. dreadful English, um, but so, so seventeen years of experience teaching English, and I say they Baby. be, um, but it's true. We be, we are, we
1: are,
2: um, and that's what I want to represent.
1: Yes, and if if um, if some of our listeners aren't familiar with Peter's work, um, mm. there is Peter's website Uk, and from there you can actually go directly to his blog and materials and resources that he creates and I I would recommend um our listeners do take a look there because I, I don't know how, where to start let's start with <laughs> your favorite
2: <laughs> my favorite mm. on on the website yeah Ah, oh, now there's a question. Um, well, I love all of it, really, but mm. um, I I'm really, really proud of the resources.
3: Mm.
2: Really proud of the resources, and um, I, I suppose that all started when um, I kind of collaborated with um, Liz Liz Markeiro, and Lottie Galpin, mm-hmm. um, when we set up something called Ideal Plus, And it's where we try to set out to transform the world of e- ELT. Um, and we worked together on a few things, and we produced um, some materials. Um, and that's where, with their help, their invaluable help, um, I wrote and they edited... Um, My first ever self-published resource on sport, Mm -hmm. um, uh, which is on the website, uh, you may find. (laughs) Um, And I used the material from LGBT History Month uh, 2021. Um, I asked their permission to use one of their texts on Lily Parr. Um, who was a, um, a footballer in the 30s, I think, 30s, mm-hmm. 40s, who happened to be a lesbian. Um, and I wrote a, a resource about her for the History Month and published it, and it got some nice comments. Mm-hmm. And I think from there, the confidence really just started building mm-hmm. to, um, to think, OK, well, I, I have something here. Um, I can show what I think should be in English language course books. Um, And things have
1: blossomed, I shall say. I I totally agree. Harry has just mentioned uh, writing what you don't want to write isn't much fun. And I think a Mm. lot of ELT writers are stuck because they have a brief. um, Mm -hmm. They have a restricted... A set of images that they can use. Mm. They also have a set, um, a, a set of vocabulary that they must include, yeah. and um, there are lots of do's, do's, do's and lots of don'ts, um, mm-hmm. which is restrictive. So it must be very, very liberating to be able to, <laughs> yeah, yes, to kind of do
2: what you want.
1: But you, you do a lot of work in DEI. Mm, and yes. how is that helping? How is your communication with publishers?
2: Mm. It's, um, well, with um, Lottie Galpin, name dropping yet again. <laughs> <laughs> um, lovely,
1: lovely Lottie. <laughs> oh, hello, to, if she's listening.
2: Yes, who I know you had on about a month ago now. Yes. Yeah. Um, I know she's got some very exciting things coming up, so watch that space. Um, With Lottie, I've been working um, with uh, a couple of publishers on some things I can't necessarily talk about, but um, there's been some really good developments. I think big big publishers are really starting to listen. Um, They're really starting to try to focus on i suppose representing more people within their materials but also within their teams um, because a lot of the, i mean people might have seen on um, linkedin fairly recently i've been calling out for particular people to have a look at my resources mm. uh, before i publish them so getting people with lived experience. To check over things or sort of sensitivity check things is extremely important. Mm. Um, and I think that's what publishers are starting to realise, or English language publishers are starting to realise, that in fact a lot of their internal teams are not representative of the the of society at large. Um, and I think it is starting to change and training is becoming much more widely available and here is where I need to plug again uh, the (laughs) lovely, lovely and talented Beth Cox um, Mm
4: -hmm.
2: who people should definitely check out on LinkedIn and her website Um, this is what um, me, Lottie and Liz as well, we did training called Foundations uh, to Inclusion and this looks at different ways that we can incorporate, uh, representing people accurately and authentically. And she's working with English language publishers at the moment. Um, and so hopefully it will start to filter down into the industry.
1: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... And it's just, um, it's amazing. I mean, you, you. when we spoke earlier, I mean, you said, obviously, you are not the first person no. to mm. to be doing this. And yes. I think you wanted to oh, credit I do. some people.
2: I do, yes. Um, I mean, there's uh, Tyson Seaburn, who's done some incredible work. I mean, I know he's still working on um, getting the LGBTQ kind of voice out there. There's people like Torsten Merce, who I think is talking at IATEFL um in Belfast mm-hmm. this year. Uh, there's Laila Al-Matoui um, who does incredible work on um, diversity and inclusion for um, people of color and LGBTQ, which is um, intersectional training and intersectional um, <laughs> Talks that she does. Um, there's also Joshua M. Pace as well, it's um, so or there are there are people. And I do apologise if I've missed anyone. Um, if I'm thinking here about LGBTQ um, representation, um, but these are the people that I currently sort of look up to and I get inspiration from. And so I always want to pay tribute and thank
1: you to them for leading the way and continuing to do so. Mm. I mean, I think we are actually at a, at a. I can see, but we're at a point where there is some change actually taking place on on a variety of fronts. Um, I'm not sure mm. if um, it it could be time. Yeah. <laughs> could it be? Well, um,
2: I think it's it's way way past time. Um, mm. I know that um, we talked about um taboos and issues yes (laughs) (laughs) oh so if people have seen (laughs) my my blog post um it's called querience i am neither a taboo nor an issue um (laughs) and it's it was a it was a favorite book of many teachers in the teacher's room um i can see why uh, but that i think it's okay, there is some value in the book still. However, questioning someone's identity, and this was published about 20 years ago, as yeah. a, and I was thinking, were we there then? Um, have, ha, have things actually changed? Um, but there was one particular unit, I, oh, it kind of almost pains me to say it, uh, gays and jobs. Um. <laughs> Which,
1: which—that uh, <laughs> would be yeah. illegal now, wouldn't it? Well, in many countries. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's it's like um, using the word "gay" as if it's a noun. I know some people do, and some people don't have a problem with it, but I do. Mm. Um, I would never say I am a gay. It's it just seems mm. seems odd to me, um, mm. and saying "gays" and "jobs." Um, and there were very leading questions in there as if, um, I think, oh, if I think back, what was it? Um, do you see any problem with gays being in any of these occupations? And one of them was a teacher and, and, okay. Are they trying to lead people into, into saying, well, actually, yes, I do have a problem with gays as teachers and I do have this problem. Um, and I think it just needed to be worded uh, yep. a bit more sensitively. So that's why I came up with sexuality and employment. I think it's slightly better than yep. things and jobs. Um, so yeah, that kind of gave me more um, impetus to keep creating. <laughs> um,
1: to well, the listen, response. Yes. I think the response to um, to your posting and and the lesson, the, the reworked. <laughs> lesson plan um was incredible mm. um and and indicates that there really is a need for that yes yes
2: uh, i think uh, a lot of people didn't actually realize that by going deep into the material itself you could see exactly how problematic it was mm. yeah
1: peter um, mm, yeah. If you don't mind, we're going to have a quick break and mm-hmm. go to the news, um, but we will be continuing <laughs> straight okay. afterwards. Okay. No problem.
0: <laughs> this episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you, too, through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more.
3: Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, or join a free briefing by visiting www.littlewonderlettersandsounds.org.uk
0: Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth.
3: the leading provider of schools and children's homes for children with special educational needs.
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn.
5: In England, schools will have to open for no less than 32.5 hours per week from September. At the moment, the head teacher, with the governing body, decides the length of the school day in England and 14% of schools will be affected. Nadeem Sahawi, the Education Secretary, also wants to encourage multi-academy trusts. He said, The evidence is clear that a family of schools that is really tightly managed, really well supported, especially through COVID, has delivered better educational outcomes for children. So strong, and I underline strong, multi-academy trusts is the infrastructure we need to complete and deliver. According to The Sun, figures show that 75% of schools had days that met the average length of between 6 hours 15 minutes and 6 hours 35 minutes. Kevin Courtney, of the National Education Union said schools and pupils had been left battered and bruised by the pandemic and a more sophisticated approach was needed. Paul Whiteman of the Head Teachers Union, the NAHT, said simply adding five or ten minutes to a day is unlikely to bring much, if any, benefit. Gillian Mackay, a Lanarkshire MSP, is calling on North Lanarkshire Council to write off the remaining £28,011 that remains outstanding for school dinners. Most of that money is an outstanding debt owed for children at primary school despite all P1 to P5 across Scotland now being entitled to free school meals. Ms Mackay said Children can't get a good education if they are hungry at school. I believe that North Lanarkshire Council rightly ensures every pupil has a meal at lunchtime, even if they don't have the money to cover it. But these figures make it clear that debts are being chased from families who simply can't pay. With the cost of living crisis putting huge pressure on family finances, this is the right time to write off all outstanding school meal debt. Pursuing the debt is causing stress and embarrassment for pupils and their families. But I know that staff are deeply uncomfortable asking pupils for money they know the family does not have. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn.
0: This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing
4: on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to talk VPN. For those of you thinking, why is Steve talking about underwear fashion faux pas? A VPN is a virtual private network, and knowing a little bit about them might make you realise you actually need one. What is it? Well, in a nutshell, a VPN changes how internet data is transmitted from a device. It allows the user to be more hidden. I know what you're thinking. I'm no cyber criminal. Why do I want to conceal my data? Well, let's look at three things a VPN can do for you. I'm going to use a phone as an example, but all of these can be applied to any device you can put on the internet. Do you use public networks? A public network may be the Wi-Fi on the bus or train, a local coffee shop or fast food restaurant, any connection that isn't your home. Transmitting data on these networks can potentially allow your data to be intercepted by third parties. Having a VPN allows you to encrypt your data from your device rather than depending on the network you're connecting to. So when surfing the web while enjoying a burger and fries, you can be confident if you're being intercepted, the data will be useless to the interceptor. The next is shopping online. When connecting to an online shop, some stores use your location and unique device ID to target you. If you're returning to look at a product, the likelihood is you're going to buy it. Knowing this, some stores use clever algorithms to increase the price to maximize their profit. With a VPN, you can mask this data so the price you see is the initial price. The third is some streaming services are blocked by internet providers or unavailable from outside of certain countries. If you're using a VPN, you can choose where to set your location to allow you to see the content you wish to stream. I've not looked at individual providers. Some are free, some are paid for. If you're unsure, find a friend who's using one, ask them about it, and use the same one as them to begin with. Then you get free tech support. Make sure you know the terms of service. You don't want the VPN you're using keeping your data, as that would defeat the object in the first place. As always, don't forget to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. Tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods,
0: your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio.
3: And we are
1: back. Peter, are you there? I am. (laughs) Great. Um, Peter, I mean, obviously, your your work in DEI is not restricted to LGBTQ um you you have a a vested interest in in mental health Mm. do you want to just tell the listeners a little bit about your motivation behind that and some of the work that you've been doing with it
2: Mm. yes um mental health uh, I think it's it's something that people I think often forget about trying to represent um of course there are so many different marginalized communities that are not represented. Um, sometimes I think that mental health gets pushed maybe even further back than LGBTQ. Mm. Um, having, and I, with my blog, I often talk about um, the kind of mental health, my own mental health, um, which has, I think, with many people over the pandemic at least. Has taken a little bit of a battering,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and to actually kind of come out and be open about that, um, I think is 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 healthy for me anyway. But also, I think it's it, it may help others um, who are also experiencing the same kind of issues. And I think what I'd like to try and do um, with English language materials is to to incorporate it just like other marginalized communities. Mm. Um, and I did do one, one. Um, yes, one resource called Mental Health Matters, um, which if i can remember it was only about a month and a half ago <laughs> yes. and i was like oh, my goodness i've done so many things since then um, <laughs> you have been busy <laughs> it was again
1: yes it um, was
2: related to taboos and issues as well yes but, exactly yes um and i wasn't a fan of of the way that um mental health was tackled mm-hmm. in taboos and issues uh, i thought there has to be a much more sensitive, a much more appropriate way of dealing with this, but also, um, I think I've done it, is to um, put links at the end of the resource where people can go for any help or advice. Um, And again, I don't think uh, the industry is ready yet for that to be in course books.
1: no. I'd like I'd like it to be. Mm. Um, it's also not yeah. in I mean, very few organisations take it seriously or yes. provide support. And I think, you know, I I've worked with teachers of living abroad and they don't have close family with them, mm-hmm. they don't have their, you know, their lifelong network of friends with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if if they are suffering, it's very, very difficult. Yeah. To find support and help so it's fabulous that it's in their materials so that mm, they can definitely. look for help as well
2: um, because one one thing that um i think is important and i've discussed this with with lottie and liz as well is that um by in, incorporating diversity inclusion however you see it or representation into materials it's not just benefiting the students it's also benefiting the teachers, um, because for me, as a, as a gay teacher um, who grew up with Section 28, uh, which was awful, um, it's, it's kind of having to teach materials or being told to teach materials that doesn't represent yourself can be a little upsetting or it can be a little um, disheartening Mm -hmm. um, to to think that, okay, I can't talk about myself or I can't give myself as an example. Um, So hopefully having materials that may have a bisexual couple or may have a a person who has um, a a deaf person, Mm -hmm. um, someone who is blind, Having this this kind of representation will also give teachers the opportunity to um, fully realize themselves in the material and connect with the material that they're teaching.
1: And also some of the learners. I mean, mm. depending on your teaching context, some learners, in some countries, it's... There isn't that possibility for them to identify, but then yeah. there are countries where it's perfectly acceptable, but it's underrepresented, mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: And, and it's it's been treated as a taboo. Um,
2: and nobody should be a taboo. We are we are not a taboo. We are not an issue. Um, and yeah, I think it must be very difficult for people learners in those countries where, for example, being gay is. Is illegal. Yeah. Um, it's it must be hugely difficult, and I just cannot imagine what they have to go through. But if there's any way, if there's any possibility that we can in, uh, represent a, a, a kind of a queer person, um, then I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, it is part. I mean, it is part of life. It's. Um, mm. I, I think you and I talked about how we grew up. I did actually go back and investigate and, and look at when. When rights were, um, it, it, Australia was sort of still part. Of, is still part of the Commonwealth, so it did actually follow UK laws. But I, I wow. think there was a lot more, not more, tolerant. Um, mm. Certainly legal openness maybe well also same i mean the it was decriminalized if you can call it that i mean it's appalling that it was in the first place but that was in 1975. Um, mm-hmm. it's interesting that it was always legal for women yes,
2: yes. Um, then i think that's because um legislators didn't believe that lesbians existed <laughs> which is is uh yeah it's kind of beyond words really um yeah section 28 um i'm just looking now it was started in 1988 so i was 10 Mm. um when that was brought into effect so my whole secondary school life um was under this section 28 um barrier of not being able to even debate or talk about well they called it debating or promoting a lifestyle it's not a lifestyle it's just an existence um but yeah to not be able to even um question or discover or find out you know famous gay people um was i think really damaging and Mm.
1: Sylvina's so just asked, what is section 28 it's a ah, law mm. yeah mm.
2: yes um uh, it was a law passed in in britain um that, that um prohibited um well they called it the promotion of homosexuality so this this oh so lovely margaret thatcher um, she brought this in um because apparently being gay was immoral um, and nothing to do with um, being in a good family, and so it meant that education was prohibited from really even mentioning that gay people existed. Um, yeah, and that a, only was repealed in two thousand and
1: three. I mean, it's it's a bit like what's been hap- what's happening in Texas at the moment, where is. Um, books in libraries are being removed. Oh. <laughs>
3: yes,
2: it's, um, yeah, it's incredible um, that that's happening in Texas and something is happening in um, Florida as well. Mm. So there's this don't say gay bill where, um, from what I believe, um, uh, parents are able to sue um, educators um, if they believe their children are being in quotes, indoctrinated, um, with, um, the gay lifestyle. Um, yeah. And that's been passed, unfortunately.
1: Goodness me. I think, the, yes. I mean, the world is, you, but you are doing something to, to counter that. Trying, <laughs> yes, very hard.
3: <laughs>
1: Do you want to tell us a little bit about your Facebook page? Oh yes.
2: Um, my Facebook page, it's um, it's a fairly new thing I've started. And um, I've called it Stop Homophobia on Social Media. And it's where I go through the social media that I'm on. So LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter. And if I see uh, some homophobic abuse or comparing us to animals or comparing us to oh that has been seen unfortunately i would um, screenshot it and i would add it to my page (laughs) and it's in i i don't um block out anyone's names because mm-hmm. I think that if they're saying this on social media, then they deserve to be called out. Yeah. Um. And I report the ones that are really offensive, and it's incredible how many are not taken down.
1: Oh. Right.
2: Um. Yes. I mean, ones that um that s- uh, say that we're paedophiles and things like that. They do get taken down, thankfully. Um. But others, yeah. Um just stay up and they say oh yes we know this is not what you wanted it's like no of course it's not what i wanted but what else am i going to do <laughs> No. so yes that's my my own mini crusade um to try to clean up and clean up social media just a little bit from what i see anyway
1: yeah i think that, i mean something does actually that regulation um in mm. need needs to be done in all kinds of things we when we started, we were talking about um, work, the world of work, and the move mm. from permanent to freelance work. And for you, it's worked really well. Yeah. Um, you recently, and Sylvina is here, you recently um, worked with Sylvina on, well, you? Yes. Can you, before oh, I, so I was, no, make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> wow
2: sylvina (laughs) if people don't know sylvina um you have to go and see um, her website um find her on um, linkedin Mm -hmm. i think i think she should if she's still here she should write the name of her website in the messages because i can't remember the exact name um but she has some incredible um materials and i've always there we are she's a efl creative ideas ideas. that's it Um, and I've been looking at her work for quite a while now and I'm always very impressed and I was kind of over the moon when she asked if I would collaborate with her on something and we did it um, either yesterday or the day before things just go by so quickly and um, we it just kind of came to us she came with the idea and we both kind of ran with it and we're hoping i think we are going to be able to publish it tomorrow um for uh trans day of visibility um which is the 31st of march and so we've been working on um i'm not going to give it entirely away um but we've been working on something connected to the trans community and that will be coming out tomorrow and i'm really excited about it so that's coming tomorrow
1: well but you did actually collaborate on something else prior to that which i found um fascinating with the unions and employment (sighs) Um, I didn't even know it existed,
2: um, mm. but mm. it's. And again, I have Sylvina to thank for this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it just goes. Um, have you had her on your show? I think you should. She's been with. She's been with my my dear colleague Wednesday Wombat, um, uh, Harry. Uh, <laughs>
2: well, there's no reason why she can't be on again.
1: Exactly, um, she can come back um, <laughs> with with new material. She's just. She can't wait for. Um, Oh, yes. Windsor Windsor, Wombats are all we do.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, she um, uh, had posted on LinkedIn about one of her um, lesson plans uh, about gender equality in the workplace uh, to do with money equality. Mm -hmm. And um, she suggested that people um, might have a look at the, it's called Labour English, and it's done by the TEFL Workers Union. Uh, which is part i think of the international workers something or other i forget mm-hmm. and um they're looking for uh, lesson plans connected with work and so i thought well i have something on work i have sexuality and employment the famous mm-hmm. gays and jobs <laughs> um, and so i thought well it's kind of it is connected to it to employment so i sent it to them and I got uh, a message back the same day saying, yep, we're going to have this. Thank you very much. And it's, it's up on the website. And um, I'm just incredibly amazed that they accepted it and that they're promoting it. Um, so, yeah, I have Sylvina definitely to thank for that. And Hugh Della as well, who kind of started the ball
1: rolling with Labour English. It's. Um, it, I mean, looking at the work that they do, um, there's a lot of um, the, the the cause is is great. Um, and you and I talked about zero hour contracts. I mean, oh. how did that happen? Um, and yes. the, I mean, we're talking here. We're talking about qualified professionals on mm-hmm. zero hour contracts. It just mm-hmm. it doesn't add up. I don't think. No, no.
2: I think that's what. Um many companies not necessarily individuals but companies maybe feel about elt or efl Mm -hmm. i think that we're often seen as the the poor sibling of education um it's like oh yeah we only do it to go traveling whereas actually no it's it's a a proper career Mm -hmm. it's it's something that is hugely important to um to well the world really
1: Um... (laughs) also to the (laughs) economies in many countries particularly uk australia um yeah new zealand canada i know that the australian industry suffered Mm. um Mm. obviously because I've, i've actually just got my parents over um i haven't seen them for two and a half years because there's no way to get in or out and New, New Zealand was the same. So those mm. those industries that re, that you know relied on um, foreign students coming in to learn English and to study at their universities have completely collapsed. Yeah, I think I think there are two people. There's Alex Popowski, um who is about mm. to become the IATFEL vice president. Yes, congratulations to her. <laughs> but she did an absolutely brilliant presentation on English efl elt teachers as professionals and i think that's Mm. forgotten and then obviously we have rachel roberts who is a bit of a crusader who helps us all get on in our (laughs) in our freelance lives absolutely (laughs)
2: yes yes it's good that we have so many people that that um want to help the Mm. profession kind of improve and uh get better and to be recognized as a proper and correct profession mm. um it's it kind of it's quite annoying when people say oh you you just teach english and it's like well mm, mm. not really <laughs> it's a little bit more than that indeed indeed <laughs> oh yes i can see a real teacher yes yes, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes i am a real teacher and a real person <laughs>
1: Deary me, um, I don't know where to where to go because we're almost running out of time. Peter, I just to, um, to sort of go, you also in your free time mm. have another business. Do you want to tell us a little bit about oh, that? Oh yes.
2: Oh, greetings cards. I know it's it's kind of um, it's a fairly new thing. On my walks, I go out with my with my phone and I take pictures of things I quite like and uh one time my aunt saw a picture and she said oh you know what that will make a lovely card um i don't know why i do it in that accent because she's she speaks like me um and so i thought okay um and i got some prints out i got them printed and i took them to a local gift shop in my village and i said what do you think of this do you think it's any good will it sell and they said, "Okay, yes, we like this. Um, get some uh, full a full year spectrum of images, and we'll take some to sell in the shop." Hmm. Um, so I've opened a little Etsy shop, and I have about ten designs now, and it's it's quite slow, but that's all right. These things take time. Um, and it's just a, a little bit of fun and a little bit more creativity
1: for me. And a, a great outlet. And also, yeah, he is, yes, he is Harry. He is a real <laughs> card designer. I wondered
2: if that was Harry. Yeah. It is Harry. Mm, yes, I'm a real card designer. <laughs> so so that means that he's going to buy some. So that's great.
1: Definitely. And also, the, I mean, cards, you know, cards for certainly for me here in in Italy it's very difficult to find decent cards mm. you can just um yeah you, you all of them no <laughs> all well, 10 I'm designs sure. Harry you I can, can I can take a yeah. screenshot
2: of this and then I can hold him to it you see
1: yes exactly
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay Peter to finish I'm going to ask you some silly questions right um on the theme of cards i was thinking if you could wrap yourself in wrapping paper Mm -hmm. what would the design be
2: (laughs) oh lordy lordy um i think it would have to be um a teddy bear design i think
1: oh sweet Um, oh sweet (laughs) So I'm quite traditional. I'm either stripes or spots, but teddy bears. Oh, oh I'm I'm
2: chunky yet funky. <laughs> so,
1: and Harry Harry said, "Baby Yoda."
2: <laughs> okay. Um, yes. Yes.
1: You I both look very sweet, and um, you both look sweet sitting next to each other underneath the Christmas tree
2: with a little umbrella,
1: possibly <laughs> <laughs> with um, our
2: beards and hats.
1: Now, if you were if you had a superpower, what mm-hmm. would it be?
2: Um, it would. Oh, it. You, uh, it would be to get from one place to another just like that by clicking my fingers, because then I don't have to use a car or um, a plane or anything like that. Um, so I would reduce my carbon footprint
1: no end. Absolutely. Yes, and get there faster. It's, I don't know, for me to get home, it takes a little while, and um, oh, you know, but it's a reasonable journey. Um, okay, and if you were uh, a fruit, what fruit would you be?
2: <laughs> oh, what a question! Um, I think I would have to be all of them. No, um, okay. salad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a fruit salad. Oh, a fruit salad. <laughs> Actually, yes. Covered in in um, in uh, uh, fruit juice, of course. Okay. Um, but possibly a peach.
1: Mm. Yes. Okay, I'm actually just looking out my window now, and my my tree. I have a peach in my garden, Oh and it's just indicated that it's going to make a lot of peaches. I've got quite a lot of blossom, so I'm a, I'm a little bit jealous. Yeah oh there's a there's a link anyway that's really nice um peter i think i'm going to have to invite you back to continue the conversation and obviously to keep up with you because you're doing a million and one things and thank you it's it's wonderful to see the work that you're doing and it's actually really wonderful also to see the response to the work Mm. it's it's reassuring and maybe the world will change (laughs)
2: I hope so, and and thank you very much for for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: Thank you. Um, and with that, I am going to finish. Um, next week, I will be speaking to Scott Thornbury. Um, more about that online. Um, thank you, Peter. <laughs> um, it was just wonderful talking to you. I really, really um, enjoyed it, and hope we can continue the conversation. Thanks everyone for listening, bye Tree, um, bye Harry, bye Sylvina, bye to everyone else who's joined um, and see you at the same time next week.
0: You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.